What's up? This is the Real Deal Podcast. Welcome, Maddie Marshall, and I'm really excited. We're here at the World Cup, and uh, every time we travel, try to get podcasts in if we can. So it's Saturday night, the quarterfinals, semifinals, divisionals, everything's happening tomorrow, Sunday. So by the time you guys hear this, that will all have ended. So this might be a little bit dated. Still, um, lucky enough to be sitting down with Dan Napoli and Leds from ETV, Planet Eclipse, Disconnected Productions. These are the guys that have been bringing you the artifact and the roster, and you know, obviously, Leds has been a big part of um, you know guiding the Planet Eclipse ship from since the very beginning. So, Leds, why don't you say hi to everybody? Hi, everybody. How you doing? Leds would be the English guy, and Dan yeah, wants to say hi to everybody. It's the soul voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dan, and Dan will be the American guy. What's up, everybody? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, you have the uh, no accent, being that you're from the Midwest. Yeah. Yes, got that. Lack thereof is our accent. A good radio voice. So, um, why I'm excited about this is, Leds, you know, I want to pick your brain kind of about the history of Planet Eclipse. I think okay. that would be pretty interesting for the fans to hear and on your take on everything right now. And I really like to talk to you guys about. Um, how you guys kind of came about coming up with the concept of doing the roster. You know, you got the new season coming out right now and with San Antonio X Factor, which is a team that Planet Eclipse sponsors, and it's a really captivating story, I think. Um, got to see episode one uh, today, actually, during the premiere of it at lunchtime during the webcast, which was, was great, man. And, you know, it's such an interesting story. I've known X Factor since, you know, they came into the league, and, and now they're – you know, who knows? They might actually win this event. They're in the top four right now. They could. They play Houston Heat tomorrow. Yep. So it's, uh, who knows? You know, we'll find out. But, uh, and then also, Dan, kind of want to pick your brain just about what you kind of think about paintball media. I mean, you've been involved with that for a long time now. You used to work for Warp Sports and Avalanche, and, you know, we worked together doing uh, the Jawbreaker series. That was that was your baby. And Worked for Pat on Push. Yeah. The smallest capacity ever, but you know, possible. You're still holding on to that, though. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody still loves Push, don't they? So, you know, yeah, actually, I saw Push the other day. If you haven't seen Push, man, you got to go watch Push. Not because I'll in it, but because it's, a, <laughs> it's you know, classic paintball film, man. And it's and I saw it the other day, but still to this day, I'll have people kind of come up and be like, oh, dude, I saw Push for the first time. Or, uh, and even, um, even this weekend, I had like five or six different guys from a couple different teams come up but it particularly like the Ironman like a bunch of guys from the Ironman came up like Mar- uh, Mouse came up and was like hey, Alex Goldman was playing awesome at this event he's like oh man I finally saw Heroes for a day and I'm thinking what? you just saw it it's been out for like five years and he's like well I saw it when I was a kid but like I didn't really understand the lessons that are in that I didn't get it and uh, and you know Mouse is now an older guy he's 24 and he's been around the block a lot and, and uh, ancient 24 God, so old. How is he still playing this game? I don't game? know. <laughs> Apparently he can still walk. I don't know wow, how that's wow. possible yeah, at 24. I mean, God, I thought they'd start handing strollers out right around there. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it's just kind of interesting. So uh, to get it started off, let's just talk about the roster. You know, I mean, that's coming out right now, and uh, it's a really cool series, and people should watch it because there's so much fascinating things, so many fascinating things that go on behind the scenes with all these paintball teams. As if you're listening to this, you probably know. I'm sure your team has an interesting story, too. Um, but what was the where did it come from? You know, where how did you guys come up with doing the the concept for the roster? We've always wanted to do. We've always wanted to try and do d- different things, not just uh, as we call it car crash. You know, the uh, I mean, car crash is just you know you know uh, porno. You know, it's people blowing each other to pieces totally. and all that cool stuff, which is great and it's got its place and we all love watching it. It's great, mm-hmm. but this you know it got to the stage where 
you guys on the, on the, the webcast are doing such a phenomenal job. You know, we're, we're almost going, well, what are we going to film now? You know, you, you've, you've got it all covered. Um, and because, you know, a lot of the, the people at Planet have, you know, played before and, you know, and we know how much more goes on behind the scenes. You know, we, you turn up at World Cup or wherever you play, and, you know, you know you, whichever team in the world, and, you know, you play your tournament and you might play, you know, an hour's worth of paintball over the weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's taken you months and months and months to perfect your skills and, and things like that. So we sort of wanted to do something where we could show a little bit more of that. And also, we wanted to, we wanted to learn a little bit more about the characters behind the teams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you watch, um, you know, any paintball sort of media, you tend to not really see the faces because they're playing with masks on. Mm-hmm. Um, but also to actually get into, you know, the psyche of some of these guys and you know what drives them, what you know, what makes them get up at you know six o'clock every weekend on a, you know, to get on a plane or you know to fly to practice or you know to sacrifice their entire life really, you know the. We wanted to sort of show that a little bit, and uh, you know, paintball media is growing up as well, and we wanted to do something that was uh, compelling to watch, not just for paintball players. I mean, you know, hopefully for you know the world. You know, it's if mm-hmm. we can tell the story well enough, we can film it well enough. Then you know, this is something you can put on a, and um, it's, it, it is actually going to go on. You know, on TV on in TV. England. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, hopefully someone will flick a channel and just go, oh, what's this? maybe sit down and watch it and well that's how I found out about yeah. paintball I found yeah. out about paintball from the real world LA long ass time ago we had this um, conversation yeah we had this conversation the other night yeah we were drinking beers together the pre-podcast production meeting yeah the pre-podcast production meeting yeah I wish we had taped that one but I so I can totally relate to that because that is how I found paintball was yeah. just flipping through the TV with a bunch of buddies after school one day and Absolutely. bam it was there and I was like oh damn paintball what's up with that and then my buddy's like I played before and and next thing I know, a couple of weeks later, we're out there at the field, 15 years old, playing paintball. And so, yeah, you never really know who, who's gonna, who's going to stumble across whatever it is that you create. My experience is, is incredibly similar. I was, I was a freshman in college. Um, Major League Baseball was on strike, so ESPN was airing everything that they could get their hands on. Um, I was in. I remember to this day, I was in the lobby of the fraternity house, like probably every fraternity house in the middle 90s. ESPN ran 24/7. And we're just walking down to go to the cafeteria to eat, and everybody's like, "What the? What is this? This is awesome!" Yeah. You know, the '94 World Championships were were aired, and then the dude that was the head of putting together like retreats and events went over to the phone book and was like, "Holy, you know, look at this! There actually is one of these places here." Um, Have you noticed Dan self beeping himself? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm helping Darren out. I know, I know how hard. It is to get I mean, we did just film Archie Montemayor for uh, four months. I yeah, I hear you. Yeah, Archie's a passionate guy, very uh, very animated, yeah. and uh, has a lot of good things to say, with tons of f bombs and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So when you're on the production side of things, it makes it a little Electra. difficult. But hey, it's a podcast. You can cuss a couple times if you want, as long as it's not used as an adjective, a pronoun. An adverb and all your verbal clutter as well. <laughs> so, yeah. duly noted. Okay, Matt, I'll try to, uh, I'll try to, I'll try to keep that. In mind. <laughs> but yeah, we found fa- we found that we went and played, um, and it turned out the field was was which I didn't know at the time was ran by Ed Porman, um, who owned Warp Sports and, and Avalanche at the time. Who five years later, when I graduated college, I ended up working for, and that's kind of how I got in into the industry. So those. 
Um, I think those entryways are very important. Um, you know, you have to, it, it's, it's important to give current fans and players as much great stuff as they can, but it's also really cool to have, you know, accessible endpoints where, where new people can find, find the sport, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good that it's going to be on TV. So, and it's six episodes, right? Yeah. Um, where, you know, we wanted to do a couple different things. I mean, as, and I think this is great, I think as the game gets, gets older and it, it becomes more complex, there, like Leds was saying earlier, there's, there's more stages of the game than just the tournament. You know, there's more things that, that you can show, like, you know, you know, I say it's inter. I mean, if you, even for the pros, well, let me see, if you, if you win all the way out, that's six games, right? Um, that's, just for argument's sake, that's six hours of paintball at a tournament that you've played. What, I mean, what do you play 10, 20 times that in preparation to get there, you know? Um, so that kind of started to be, you know, a little bit fascinating. And, and we're always looking for, like, cool, unique opportunities where we were like, okay, you know, this isn't being covered necessarily. This is a part of our sport that's not being shown right now. We work with some really cool people and some cool teams. Um, you know, and I mean, I'm also not going to be a liar about it. This is where a ton of other sports programs are going. You know, the NFL um, with Hard Knocks, Major League Baseball with, I think, their show is called The Franchise. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're seeing these things. And so, um, you know, it was really, it, it was really cool. I, I can't remember exactly. Well, I think it's just an embracing of the way people consume media in general or stories in general. And also the, the fact that because of the diversification of of the way that media is consumed and the accessibility of stories on, on all levels and uh, you have to go that extra mile in order to keep your audience um, you know they keep having that, that conversation about baseball you know like what are they going to do about baseball because um, the young not as, as many younger people the demographic is skewed a little bit older with baseball um, so it's it, it's just fascinating I remember when Hard Knocks first came out and you started to see these and I'm like pretty pretty sure pretty soon every single sport will have some sort of reality content and the only one we really haven't seen one on is basketball yet I haven't seen a, a, any sort of reality content there actually basketball. is I, I only know this because um, it's funny Planet of course is a very English company but their US office is in Rhode Island Rhode Island, Island yep. which is in essence suburban Boston it's very close to Boston um, so a lot of the guys there are massive Boston sports fans, mm -hmm. and um, I think we were at NCPA or something, Buckley, I'm like, what are you watching, dude? And there was an ESPN show, I think called the, oh gosh, now the name is totally escaping me, I'm going to ruin your podcast, but it was it was on the Celtics, and it was very much... And um, it was yeah, like a 24-7 like yeah, like type thing, or... Um, almost, yeah, it was almost hard knocks, but not preseason, so when, um, not to get all sporty, but they traded, I think it pig baby I think it was Perkins they traded that kid to um, Oklahoma City that happened while they were shooting so the dude is in episode 2, 3, and 4 and then he's gone and episode 5 is about like you know much in the way that like in Hard Knocks Chad Johnson from the Dolphins got cut on camera mm -hmm. this trade because they were shooting during the trade deadline um, it was on like ESPN too it didn't get a ton of coverage and I don't know if they um re-upped it but it, it was really interesting and so that's the type of stuff I think um, you know and I, I think Leds brings an interesting 
a cool perspective to it as a company head who's been a pro player and ran a pro team and so knows you know and, and so when you bring up ideas like this or he may have even brought it up to me to be honest I don't remember where it came from but I, I think his it's probably me if it's a good idea it was, it was yours yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that's um, that's that's. I, I think it's received maybe in a different way because, you know, you've been there and done that. You know. Yeah, you I mean, it's 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 hard work. I mean, it's. I mean, X Factor is one of these teams that, um, you know, you know the guys, but you sort of they, they seem a little bit isolated compared to some of the other teams that are around the country, and um, and suddenly, I mean, people talk to me all the time about. Oh, you know, why do you sponsor this team? Or why do you do this this team? You know, and a lot of it is to do with history from you know planet. You know, so like okay, I mean, Upton one eighty seven crew. I mean, someone go to me. You know, why why do you sponsor those guys? Well, because we sponsored them from years back, and you know, we've grown up with them, and we've seen them to make their way to the professional level. So you know, we made a video um, about you know the one eighty seven crew guys, and with with X Factor, it's. It, you know, you, they've you know done. They've we didn't grow up so much with us, but to be able to see behind the curtain, to be able to pull that curtain back and sort of look at, you know, I mean, Alex, you know, Martinez has, I think, has come across fantastically well um, as super intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. You know, who's you know blue collar worker. You know, he's he, he he gets nothing given to him. He fights for everything he ever gets. Yeah, super respectful dude. You know, still playing. How old? I mean, he must be the oldest player on the program. He is. He's. Yeah. I think he's forty six now, and he's the oldest guy in yeah. the in the professional division. And still doing it. And, you yeah. Know, I mean, is is he playing here? Yeah. Is it, is, right, so, yeah, yeah. He's got some yeah, reps, and his team's yeah. getting in there. So yeah, it's and and it's and it, I think it's just you know it's I think it's just quite cool to sort of see that. And uh, there's so many players that used to sort of say to me, oh. Not really, you know. X Factor aren't one of my. They're not the typical. I'm a fan of X Factor, is that you know? There's certain teams that I've got that everybody loves, you know, mm-hmm. from for whatever reason, you know, your dynasties and your Iron Men, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing from you know from the older days, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden people become X Factor. They're oh, they, they're on the roster. They're oh, I like those guys because you know the genuine, the this, the this, the this, the this, the this, and 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 I think that's fantastic to see you know if we can grow new fans we all know that you know fans is important oh absolutely i mean and and the only way to really uh, i mean there's a famous quote within the the, you know writing circles is that uh and is that it's it's really hard for you not to um to like somebody or appreciate their life once you know their story you know and and it's that's very true i mean if you tell somebody the right type of story and you know, they're going to be interested in what it is because in X Factor has, I mean, as long as there's compelling elements there and there are very big compelling elements with X Factor. They've yeah. won before, they haven't won in a long time and they have all these really interesting personalities. I always liked, I remember when I first heard of X Factor and I started to learn their names and I've said this before, but I was like, oh, they're destined to be a big team because they always they have all these crazy names. Dixon Yang, Archie Montemayor, yeah. Colt Roberts, you know, like they have these cool names, Grayson Goff, you know, it's like they just had, like all the names just roll right off the tongue. I'm like, oh, they're, they're destined to be yeah. good. They actually have a lot of cool, like I'm trying, you know, I mean, Grayson and Ryan live in, and Archie live in Austin, Texas, which is, is a really cool town. It's not, you know, San Diego, LA, New York, but it's really cool. I want to say I remember, you know, Grayson saying, his mom used to work in radio or something at some point. This is a, a conversation from years back, but yeah, they've just got some like interesting stock, man. You know, one of the things with them too for being in this this show 
that people will see or, or, or have seen by the time this comes out is, you know, it's, it's like the Jesse Stevens character and this, that's, or, or Jesse Stevens, the player. And that's one thing that does set the show apart is it's not just a team documentary. It's about the process. It's about the process of putting your, your team together. And what, what's interesting is there's, you know, and I think this is what's great for paintball as well as, as you get more into how some other sports work. There's guys you know you're going to have. There's guys on the bubble as to like, oh, you know, like, are they quite good enough? Like, what's going to happen to them? And, and, you know, that is is really interesting, you know, in essence, how those seven guys get to the tournament, how they how they get that that spot, you know, I mean, that's something that we're trying to capture with the show. I don't know, you know, whether we have or not, I guess we'll find out. Well, there's just, and this is why I think everyone can relate to something like that, is that there is so much that goes on behind the scenes, and then when you do have that compelling story, which X Factor absolutely has, because when we went and spent some time with PBA, right, right when we first started last year, you know, coming up on, you know, over, right around, well, it'll be two years in next March, but uh, it was just, uh, it was interesting because, you know, Alex is a self-made guy, man, he's, yeah. and he's got a really interesting story. He's a guy who worked basically like a hundred hours a week for a couple of years working at Sony and then starting his and working as, as doing construction framing houses. It was and, the one where you, you traveled with him. Yeah, and, yeah, was, yeah and, and, and he basically uh, got an opportunity to frame a house. He went to his boss at the time was like, hey, you know, this the guy wants us wants me to frame this house. We want to take the job. And there's like, oh, we're too busy. Can't do it. And he kind of figured like, I think I can get this done. So he called like everyone he possibly knew that knew that could help him with this job and they pounded it out and called him sick from work and he got it done and uh, and then that got him more work and his boss at the time was like oh you take it yeah if you want and he just it just kind of spiraled from there and he just had all this work and he just slowly but surely built it up and at one time his, you know he was before the recession hit his company was framing something like 500 houses a year or something insane like it was it was a camera exact number or maybe misquoted that but it was insane, you know, and he made that just from sweat of his brow and, and his ability to organize yeah. people and put everyone together. And then, you know, his kid got into paintball and it's a typical story, you know, like a business owner, kid gets into paintball, he also gets into paintball. And, and it's interesting because he talks, you know, he's a very gracious guy and he talks a lot about his kids and, he's, and his guys. And But he, I think deep down inside, Alex really enjoys seeing these guys transition from being young, young boys into grown ass men. And he's watched that happen, so I think he has this great emotional vested interest in the, in the core group of guys on that team to try to see it out and see if they can get back to the top. And now, again, I mean, they're they're in the top four. They play Houston Heat tomorrow morning, you know. So, dude, there's there's so much, and you know, it's funny, you know, for 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 those who don't know, you know, Matt narrates our the roster shows. You know, Leds is a producer, so they see the rough cuts and, and the scripts. They don't see necessarily all the raw footage that we do, and uh, the the affection that the players on his team have for him like uh michael's interview that ends up in the first episode he um that dirter rob shot that as a pickup we had another interview with him and he called me and said i didn't that i i need to do that again i didn't give alex enough you know credit for making me who i am today i'd really like to talk about that again Mm -hmm. and i was like okay yeah yeah man you know, a lot of people forget too. Alex's Alex's oldest son, which he talks about, I think it's in the third or fourth episode. You know, it kind of parts ways a little bit from playing the game, and yet Alex has stood stood in. You know, 
he, he didn't just stop coaching and owning a team and doing his thing once um, his you know son decided to step away from the game for a little bit. So he's had some of these these guys the whole time since they're uh, you know 13, 14 and, and stayed developing them and I, I think that you know that's really cool. I think people like that are real good for the sport you know absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. And is uh, I mean, for did you pick X Factor specifically look at the story or what was it about with X Factor you decided to do with the roster? Pick them lads. I can't even remember. I think we just sort of we had a look at our stable and sort of said, you know, which one could we do? Which and who was open to it as well, really? Because yeah, they, access is huge. Yeah, they've got to open access. their doors to absolutely everything. You know, they've got to sort of lay out on a plate and. And they've sort of got to be, you know, if that the mini cam that we do down there, you know, we're pretty much pulling them pillar to post saying, okay, can we do this? Can we do that? And they, they, they run a mini cam for the right reasons, but to, for, to make a show, you, there's certain things that you have to, you know, we have to, I mean, we dress all the, you know, the guys, you know, numbers and stuff mm-hmm. where if they were just doing it themselves, they wouldn't do any of that stuff. So, you know, they, they've got to be, you know, sort of, susceptible for us to make those changes and, and they have been and mm-hmm. fantastic where we've talked about doing a dynasty one and I'm sure people would love to see dynasty but you know they're this sort of renegade mavericks aren't they you know we go right okay we're going to do a, a mini camp and you know they can just imagine the chaos that would happen for you know and uh, I mean you know they do it their way you know mm-hmm. they're, they're just a different you know bunch of guys and mm-hmm. you know and that would be another cool show but uh, for, for, for what we were trying to achieve you know we, we wanted to do something where um, you know, it was it, it, we just it was just a good fit. Yeah. I think they just wanted to you know they wanted to do it. They were super stoked about us asking them. So uh, you know they own their own field, which is great. You know they yeah. they, they have an eclipse. You know the, the, the stars the, kind know. of align on a lot yes. of things. Yeah. It seemed yeah. like yeah, it, it's um, for for the roster being what it is. There there has to be some unanswered questions in the off season, in between in between seasons. And, you know, I think, um, you know, a team like Dynasty, depending on when the offseason is or if, like, I can't remember what was going on when we did the first season of them, but, like, you know, if somebody's already got their team set and they don't work with local players or they don't kind of, you know, it's like, okay, well, what do we do there exactly? That's yeah. not, um, you know, conducive to, to a project like that. Have you guys decided on the next team you're going to pull off? Or if you're going to do the same thing with the roster, because you've also done the artifact, and you guys have done a different type of a couple different types of uh, narrative forms, really kind of within that framework as far as a reality show type content or reality type or documentary docudrama type content. Um, do you know who you're going to profile next, or still? Uh, we've we've talked about it. We've um, uh, we're not hundred percent sure. Um, I think at the moment, and we haven't actually spoken to them about this either, so we, you know we might get shut down at you mm-hmm. know stage one. It uh, would be aftershock, because oh, that would be awesome. The story is um, from Dan's point of view because Dan's been filming for years. Mm-hmm. He has the we've got the history to start with. You know we've got the fact that you know they were doing really 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 well um, two years ago, and then. Took you second know, they, at Cup. Yeah, they yeah. did get destroyed in the finals, but they still took second. Yeah, you know, and then you know the, the, the next season started, and the whole team had gone. You know, and then this was a rebuild. You know, and you know, I mean, just to film Mikey Bruno. Exploding. I was going to say, <laughs> just, just having Mikey Bruno just stalking around, and you know, yeah, and it's it, you know, great. It, it's different. Like like 
the difference between artifact and the roster or like you know uh, the stuff that that Dirt or Rob and Kakuza and those guys are doing with with Reckoning series, which is really good and people should definitely check out. But but those are self-contained. Uh, Reckoning and Artifact are self-contained documentaries. They're films. Roster is really different in. It's six 24-minute episodes. It's a TV yeah. series, so it's got to it's gotta keep you engaged and want to come back for next week. So in picking a team, you know, I, I mean, or considering teams, like, that's another thing we have to think about. Yeah. You know? They've got, you know, they, they've got to want to be in it. They've got to open it, you know, they've got to let us in, but there has to be that story as well. But, I mean, the, we're at the stage at the moment where, you know, we it's not all finished. You know, the editing's still going on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um and it's uh, we people have got to like it. There's no good me just going, Dan. We're going to make roster season three, yeah, people and people go, "Well, this sucks." You know what? You know we, we need to hit the download figures. We've got to get. You know people have got to tell us that. You know, mm-hmm. you know we love this or we hate this. You know, mm-hmm. and we don't mind. You know, if ever you know if we get a thousand emails or Facebook people saying you know, the, you know the roster season two sucks, we go okay. You know, we'll tap out. There's no problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll we'll think about. You know, we're not going to go and hide in a corner and cry for six months. <laughs> you know, we'll go. Okay, well that didn't work. You yeah. know, what's the next thing that we do? You know, we we're trying lots of different things all the time. And but I mean, the amount of money we spend on on the roster is phenomenal. You know, you know how much. Yeah. You know, stuff costs. Things are production is expensive. Uh, so it has level. to work. You know, it's yeah. got to work for. You know, we do it for promotion as well for Planet. We're not, you know, mm-hmm. not just doing it because you know. You think you're going to make a billion dollars? Yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah. not. You know. Or yeah, it's not just because yeah, we're just oh, we're amazing guys and yeah, we're just going to do yeah, this yeah, for yeah. the greater good. Yeah, yeah. But you're also it's not you're also not deluded to think like oh we're going to make a trillion dollars off yeah, this. So yeah, yeah it's, there's some promotional yeah. value there, of course, and I mean it's one of your big teams and it's a phenomenal story and you know obviously you want to build a following for your team. Yeah. And once you display that awesome story that they have. I mean, that's one of the reasons I've always liked X Factor. They've been compelling to me because they're real-ass dudes, and they are good, and they've won before, and they're really legitly trying to get back there, you know? So it's yeah. a really compelling, very true, awesome story that's happening currently. And, and You know, it's you know? hard, too. Like, um, We'll see. Roster Season 2 could flop. I don't, I don't think it will, but it's a whole other thing, the idea of, of lightning in the bottle again. Like, like X Factor is really well tailored I mean Colt Roberts will tell you what he thinks most yeah. of those guys will tell you what he thinks oh um, okay I, I, me and Colt Roberts are buddies and you know we'll, te- we'll text back yeah. and forth and he'll just like you know like for instance the text that I got 20 minutes ago it read well we got a gift from the paintball gods we're going to make the most of it tomorrow you know which is what happened I mean they they had the, the, the chance to win out in the prelims and assure themselves a spot but instead, they lost that last game that they played, so they had to sit there biting their nails and hope to God that Tampa Bay Damage, who had sucked pretty much, well, they didn't suck, but they sucked in some games. They sucked enough that uh, no one thought really that they were going to be impacted at the time it was 3-0, but Damage did. They beat them, and sure enough, they go in instead of Infamous. And so they got to make, but that's paintball. I mean, how many yeah, times have we yeah. seen that happen where then that's the team that ends up winning the tournament? I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, so happens all the time. Yeah, so I mean, I hate to, and it's it's bad for Eclipse, and, and I don't want to do you know things that are bad for Eclipse to be like, like honestly, I mean, if we got to it and we felt like we didn't have um, the right team opportunity that would fit, even if if people um, loved season two of the roster, if for some reason like whatever you know, AfterShock didn't want to do it, or a couple other teams, yeah. and we didn't feel we we probably go a different direction, and and what types Absolutely. of content yeah. we produced, you know. 
Yeah, but I mean, if they turn it down, then that's pretty foolish. If Shark turns it down, yeah. If we know. sit down there and say, right, we're going to come do your field, we're going to do this, and yeah. you know, we're going to, and, and they say, no, we don't want to do anything, you know. I, I bet you. I, I mean, if I, if they say no, I'm going right, to call Mikey Bruno, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm going to be like, what in Sam hell are you doing, bro? Are you serious? Why do you not want that to happen? You know, come on, man. You got a great story. The team's finally looking good again. You know, I mean, I, I think that that would be an awesome story to tell. I mean, legendary team. I mean, they're one of the most successful teams ever, and they just and it there's be- a lot there's a lot of material to mine there. And not only that, but you know, I've met a couple of those guys. But I I would love to see that because I don't know as much as I would like to know about you know. Obviously, I've known Mikey Bruno for 15 years, but I want to know, and I know Carl Markowski is on the team now because I played with him. I've known him for a long time. But the rest of those kids, I mean, they're yeah, relatively new names. Yeah. Not a lot of people yeah. know about those guys. Yeah. So that would that would be really cool. Yeah, I would love to if that let's make that happen. Mikey Bruno, make it happen. <laughs> Say yes to Lads when he calls you. Or if you heard us here, you need to call him immediately. <laughs> it's long distance, it's overseas call, I know. Dan might be able to make it happen. I'm in I'm in Omaha, Mikey, I'm not even that far from Mikey, call me up, I will get you in the number. Don't worry, we'll broker the deal. First you have to say you like roster season two, you thought it was really good. Yeah. And then you can say yes, Led, and I want to be in season three. Yeah, so let's, you know, while we have you here, um, I just think it's really cool because, you know, I don't really get a chance to interview at length, podcast style, owner of companies, you know, normally I'm sitting down with players, and, uh, but you yourself used to be a player, and like a lot of what the guys... you used to? Well, ah, yeah, that's yeah. right, my bad, hey, I see yeah, there's yeah. a welt on your yeah, forearm yeah, yeah, right yeah. now, your, was a lucky shot, your voice is yeah. shot, you got yeah. welts on yeah. you right now, you obviously played here at the World Cup, well, yeah. talk, tell me about that, how, how did it go? Um, I heard Steve Rabakoff is just a star for you guys. Oh, yeah, out there amazing. Two for man. one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got shot in the back, actually, by one of our guys. Um, and he, he, he was like, no, it's not, I'm not hit to the ref. And the ref went, two for one. But that, but that was in the tent round, so he shouldn't have you know, mattered that much. But. That's the same exact story Steve told, too. Yeah. I didn't know if they were going to be different, but it pretty no, much no, like, verbatim yeah, yeah. what he said. But no, we, had to, we played, uh, brought the sandbaggers over, which is uh, my fun factory team, I suppose you could call it. Where we just get the old guys out, and I mean, you know, I own a company, and like you said, I, you know, I used to play pretty high level. Yeah, and, uh, bonsai bandits. Yeah, I know Nexus, I'm, pretty, I'm pronouncing yeah, that in the Nexus, yeah, yeah, and I'm, yeah. you know, yeah. So, uh, but as we get older, you know, I mean, I still want to play. My brain wants to play. My body doesn't want to play maybe as much. Well, it's like you know, Bob Long used to say, he's like, the heart doesn't die, but man, the body sure does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we get the, you know, we get Jacko out there playing, you know, um, Jack Wood and um, Steve Monks and, you know, my lead engineers, you know, we get them out playing and, and all my staff and stuff. And I mean, and so it's fantastic because, you know, I think, you you know, you've got to be out there and, you know, what the, you need to know what the equipment needs to be able to do as well so you know, I agree well that was one of the cool things I just I really like the Planet Clips culture I remember when you were nice enough to let me sleep on your couch when yeah. I came up to Manchester and I drove up there um, and that was uh, it was great with, with the other owner what, what's he Julian? been up to yeah what's Julie been up to I, we don't, I don't really see him anymore is he just off kind of doing his own thing now or no no I mean he's obviously still heavily involved you mm-hmm. know he, his kids are getting to this sort of age where he can suddenly now do cool stuff with them so you know, he's um, his son started go kart racing, and you know, and, you know, and his daughter's doing you know stuff. So, so he's like, he, he bought himself like an RV, and you know, so he drives off doing you know proper you know go kart racing. Okay, you know, right. So he, you know, so when it comes around to the events, it's he's like, I, you know, yeah, because I haven't seen him in a couple of years. It's just 
No. Yeah, but a great guy. I mean, he came out and played the other yeah. week. We played. Um, we have we sponsored a big game in the UK called Stargate, and he came. You know, came out and played that. And, you know, and yeah, bro, bro, yeah. So I mean, he's like, you know, he, he, he turns up in his RV, throws all these kids in there. All the families like almost open the doors down the street. You know, throw all the kids out. Julian puts them in the, you know, in the in the in the, in the truck. Drive to a game, you know. We we set them all up with our gear and they go play and shoot and you know. And, and he loves it and goes home. Sat around the campfire and a few beers and you know. It's, so he, yeah, he's still around doing his things. So. But I just I really liked the planet culture when I was up there. It was really it just seemed you know everyone played and or was yeah. a player or current player and it just really seemed like a good family atmosphere. I mean obviously you guys work hard, but uh, yep, it just yep. seemed like a really good corporate culture you guys had over there that was beneficial to you know. And, that, and this was years ago, and so to see where you guys have come since then, because like you didn't have a gun then, you know, this was way before the ego, way before yeah, the geo. It's not much different, Matt. It's as an out, as a not a total outsider, but not a you know person there. I mean, I was I was there through like three weeks ago, and it was I mean it was awesome, but it was so hilarious. Again, it reminded me of college, right? So when we're out there, I'm, I'm shooting, we're doing some work, and have some meetings, and and they play this big game, and then the next day, Leds, like. It is seriously like your buddy in your dorm coming around for beer money after the party is like, oh yeah, okay, let's like, okay, how are we splitting those cases, guys? How are we like, okay, <laughs> give me some money. <laughs> yeah, we'll break that up and just, I mean, it just was really cool. It's like, uh, you know, not to yank your chain because you're sitting here with us, but it was like, I don't mind, yank away. You know, it's cool. You are like, wow, I don't know how often that you sort of see that in a very, like, on, but on a very peer level mm-hmm. of like, you know, you're president of a company in his warehouse dudes were just like, yeah, man, that was fun. Throw in your cash and we'll get a pile of paint and we'll kind of go. For me, it's always been, and from when I stopped playing, you know, competitive paper where I had to train and all that sort of stuff. For me, it's always, it, it's always upset me when I see guys that, they, they get to a certain level and then just quit. And I started, and I'm sure you started, and you, Dan, every, loads of people, just, you know, bachelor party or whatever it happened to be. Purely for fun. And you get into the competitive side of things, and that's fantastic because that's what will drive some people. Um, but then, for me, I still want to. If, if I'm going to be competitive and not have fun, that's uh, I, I'm, I'm not interested in that. You mm-hmm. know, and it's. Uh, Is that why you stopped playing, or what? what uh, why? I mean, I, again, I'm, my bad. I'm stopped playing yeah. on the highly competitive side. Um, I was find, I was finding it harder to compete. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was the game was getting faster. You know, I, I can shoot my gun. I can shoot a lane. I mean, I, you know, people sort of look at me now. If if until, you know, if you, if you asked people who know me from you know the good old days, mm-hmm. you know, where did let's play paintball? Well, I mean, I ended up playing at the back. You know, back center. That was like my spot. Mm-hmm. And um, but you know, for years I was there was the front guy. You know, doing all the murdering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, where now? You know, I, well, not now. Then you sort of you go further and further back because these young. You know, sixteen-year-old kids who can suddenly run, you know, so fast, and sh- gunning, you know, gunning and blowing people, you know, to pieces on yeah. the run. I'm going, I, I can't, you know, I can't do that. Yeah. The snake's so small now. I'm like, yeah. what am I going to, my fat ass going to do in there? <laughs> so it's like, you know, so it, it, and yeah, it was just time for me to hang up my boots. But I wasn't one of these guys that was going to hang up my boots. I was playing in a pro and just go right. I'm not going to play anymore. For me, it's just still about you know have, you know having fun, and it's uh, if I can you know if I can go out with a bunch of guys um, and play paintball um, and, and girls, we have 
Julie, you know, plays on our team, uh, and um, and they're seeing their face, seeing the, the imagination light up again. The, sitting around a campfire, and all the war stories, could, you know, kick out. You telling me about, you know, a sea village, you know, it's like, you know, and, and and these war stories for me is like, you know, it's still super cool, you know. And it's, uh, I mean, Jacko is, I mean, Jacko is fifty, I think fifty-two, fifty-three. And um, we played Stargate with him, and he came off after games, and he's like, he's got all his parts in his hands, and he's just beaming, Fire smiling, yeah. and he's just like, wow, I'm going to train again. <laughs> he won't train again, but it's just, you know, it's just great to see those guys playing. So, yeah. uh, and and at Planet, it's it's the, you know, the we we haven't there hasn't nobody's left Planet, um, the left left the company, maybe six years, That's you know, That's because incredible. you know it's. We, we get on pretty, you know, everyone gets on, you know, they, they, they have to do a job, mm-hmm. um, but it's a, it's a case of, you know, it is, it is a little bit of a family as well, so yeah. it's, uh, Well, it definitely it's comes off that way. I mean, even, you know, I, I was up there long ago, but you just, even when I'm at the booth and hanging out with you guys and just seeing how you guys handle things, it, it's really cool. So how, what is your kind of, um, I mean, what is your... Uh, I guess your your kind of corporate mission statement. I guess you would say. I mean, just in, I mean, what what's the vibe? Like, what is your motivation? I mean, obviously, you know, you got to make money, but yeah, um, why? Um, like, why? Or maybe take me back to where Planet got its start. You know, a lot of people um, don't know exactly how that happened. God, okay. I know. Um, I know. We're taking a trip down memory lane yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was twenty one, so it was uh, nineteen ninety one. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working for a um, big business. Um, doing a dead end maybe not dead end but you know not you know pretty mundane job mm-hmm. um julian at the time was um uh, uh selling paintball gear on the road um and i was working at the paintball store i was playing paintball and i, I was working on the paintball store on a saturday just to make some extra money mm-hmm. and um in, in the in the the, the, the Shortened version of the story is that the, the guy who owned the the, uh, the store, his uh, wife was very ill. The store was getting run down, run down, run down because he was she was terminally ill. And um, we, me and Julian just said, look, you know, he want, he wants rid. And we said, let's let's buy it, you know, let's let's buy it. So we did that just purely because I had the passion for the you know the sport. I mean, you know, you know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, totally, you, absolutely. You live it, you dream it. You, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing that you know. That's all you do basically. Yeah. And or at least uh, all you're thinking about most yeah, of the time. All yeah. the time, yeah. it's amazing. You know, all your money goes there, all yeah. your time goes there. You know, and um, so we, we started doing that, and then um, we started to realize very, you know, in '91 there wasn't a lot of, you know, dedicated. You know, people were making loaders out of drain pipes, and you know, and, and you know whatever it was, you know, just so we could go and play. Yeah. Um, you know, there was no, you know, there was no internet, you know, type stuff going on, so you, you couldn't go on Google and search stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, we just sort of said, some of this equipment that was coming over and it was just atrocious. We said, we can we can do a lot better than this. So we started, you know, uh, tinkering with other people's products. Um, and we were always a little bit sort of scared because it's to, to, to build, a, you know, to, to sort of, to make a gun or a, you know, with the E Blade was probably well, one of the first. Yeah, things. because of, I mean, you guys for a long time, you know, uh, obviously not in the modern age of paintball because you guys have had uh, your own equipment for a while now. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's 2013 and almost two, almost 2014. So for a good decade, yeah. you guys have had your own stuff. Because yeah. I remember when the Ego came out, we started shooting it on Excessive in 04, I think yeah. it was. 04 or 05. And, uh, I still think that 05 excessive ego man that was one of the best guns 
So pissed I sold mine. I had two for Peyton Ray. Also yeah, yeah that was a badass gun, man. I think I've still got one of those. Oh, man, this thing's a badass. But, uh, but I digress. But anyway, so you got, but you guys kind of were known as the customizers. Like yeah. you guys customized, you take a product and look at it and be like, hmm, how can we make this way better? Yeah. And then you would customize things. And you did that for a good decade, it seemed like, before then you're like, okay, well, you know what, why don't we just make our own stuff? Well, yeah, we made the, um, the I mean, the, the, uh, I suppose the first big plunge into making a, a product that sort of put us on the map, because we were just a little a little tiny store in, in Manchester City Centre, as there are a thousand of these little stores, you know, around the states or around the world. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, we, you know, we'll let's make the electronic, you know, grip frame for the Orcocker. Um, and that was like, you know, wow, you know, because you know it, the technology was moving on, and you know, we were, we all know, knew the Orcocker was a good market, but because it, it was, you know, it was accurate, it did what we wanted to do, but it was too slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd already made a hinge frame to mm-hmm. make it quicker, and then we, and then we made the, this. Um, and it was it was a scary thing to do. It was it wasn't something you know we we've never entered into these projects with our eyes closed. We've always sort of gone you know we need to make sure that there's you know support the backup you know the, the product's got to be right etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the e blade was the first one that we sort of you know not mass produced but we you know we, we made a product that everybody wanted. So it was you know I mean it ended up we you know war games putting them on. You know, on their own. Uh, you know, guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember. Uh, it took them a while, but I finally. It was a good, a good. You know, because at first it, it went from shooting a ball a second to shooting, you know, pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but then I remember when you know this was when it was at fifteen balls a second, and then I got finally got my autococker shooting fifteen balls a second, which is faster than the current gun current guns in the PSP oh, shoot. Yeah. That's a that's a, a laser beam sword out there, man. I mean, it was yeah. ridiculous. So yeah, that, that was a great product. Yeah, and then, and then after that, we was um, you know we sort of said, okay, we, you know we're making other people's products better. So how about you know we just make our own product better? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so we we decided we were going to make a full marker, and that was you know where the, the ego came in. Um, Where'd the how did you guys come up with the name ego? Um, it would. In the same way that we come up with a lot of our names, mm-hmm. um, we um, get hammered and start writing ideas on a blackboard. <laughs> <laughs> An epiphany in the, in the shower usually for me in the morning. <laughs> ah, amazing, yeah. Uh, but there's no. Um, um, we w- we went around the guys and sort of said, right, we're going to make a gun. You know, let's, anybody got any names? We just sort of literally people just threw names into the hat, and you know we, we wrote them all on a board, and um, and then we just end up circling one. And, uh, you know, it worked. So we wanted it to be short, you know, because we wanted to be able to engrave it into stuff and yeah. you know, do, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so sometimes people go a bit big, big and, you know, we, we try and keep it, mm-hmm. um, you know, all, all our, if you look at all of our things, you know, the three or four letters mm-hmm. in size, a bit boring, but anyway. But, um, it, makes, <laughs> hey, but it makes it a lot yeah, yeah, easier yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. mill it into the guns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, the, you know, as soon as you start making a marker, it was, um, uh, it, there's lots of things that we felt we needed to achieve straight away. Um, we were, were buying uh, and selling in the store lots of different other companies' markers. Um, and we were having, I mean, we, uh, there wasn't, there was the Angel being built in the UK, um, and then pretty much everything else was you know, from you know, America or you know, wherever. And um, you couldn't get any spare parts. You know, there's an O ring would go on, you know, like we'd sell intimidators, and you know, the guy would come in and an O ring would go on his gun, and you know, I'd go, oh, can't help you now. I don't have the Zico. I don't have the Zico. Yeah. And a guy, you know, the, an autocar would come in, same, you know, my you know, we, whatever it happened to be. Mm-hmm. So we said, you know, we can't, this can't happen. We've got to, 
you know, make sure that we, you know, we get all our bases covered straight away, and, and you know, that's uh, that's a pretty big undertaking. I mean, it's uh, when I see companies now um, uh, making bringing out a new gun, you know, unknown companies, I, I sort of go, you know, did that. I don't, I don't know if they they know how hard this is going to be. You know, I mean, we've got, I think at World Cup here, I think we've got maybe twelve. To, Fit fourteen techs. I think you have thirteen techs there. Thirteen techs just here for just this event because, I mean, we're doing um, you know education and we're doing triage. So you know we we've got uh, we have um, uh, techs in the pit areas with all the pro teams. Mm-hmm. We have um, uh, divisional techs that go around the divisionals, and um, a lot of the time it's not. I mean, you know, it, we don't need. Uh, I mean, sounds weird, you know. We don't have thirteen techs here because our products crap. You know, we've got 13 techs here. Because there's 400 teams here, yeah. and a lot of them are shooting plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, I mean, sometimes, you know, it's, you know, dead battery or, yeah. you know, I mean, it's weird. The, the thing that gets blamed all the time is the marker, no matter what it is. You know, they, they might put, a, you know, the, the, the load is not working properly, the air system's not, you know, the paint's super fragile, you know. I mean, Jack says it all the time. He says, you know, these guys are putting, sometimes the paint's so fragile it's breaking before it's even got into the gun you know it's it's been smashed in the breach wow. not by the gun yeah. you know and then as soon as you fire it out it makes a mess and they're going oh I'm breaking loads of paint you know mm-hmm. you can't drop this some of this I mean you know what it's like these, mm-hmm. you can't drop paint from the knee and to the, to the well that's grass. what the guys want I know, I know they go to the truck and then they bring yeah. it back and they want it to yeah. just you know they want it as fragile yeah. as possible yeah. Yeah. and they Want the guns to be able to shoot that, and it's like, and, and that's it's, forever. The gun challenge. wasn't made by uh, Jesus Christ, yeah, okay? Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's. I mean, I mean if, it shoots if, fragile paint, but now come on, now you know. If the ball gets into the breach in one piece, we will It'll get endeavor it to get it out of the end, okay? But if it comes in in two pieces, we can't fix that. You know, we're not that good. Yeah. You know, there's no little nanobots, you know, repairing these things. So, yeah. So. So not yet, yeah. not yet at least. No, no. no well, that's yeah. 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 coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this support thing though is interesting because I mean that's in a way where we fall in in the media end of it, but I mean what Eclipse, what you guys do with it with the text is, I mean, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. I mean it's almost bizarrely like, like Formula One type pit crew for like all their teams. I mean, and again. When you say, you know, you have 13 techs, it's not just, like, a 13 dudes with a bag of spares, like, flicking in the same way that, you know, on our level, it's not just, like, a kid with a handy cam or his iPhone. I mean, you go back there, and it's, like, a, a, you know, it's, their teching is an operation in the same way, like, you know, here at Cub. Yeah. You've got your, your bending area, you've got your techs on one side, media's on the other side, you know, I mean, we've got a studio, and we're downloading cards, your techs have this super organized, well... I mean, maybe not. Maybe super should be removed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the amount of spare because we've you know the different markers we have. I mean, it, we, when we come to events, you know, we see everything. You know, every, all from you know 2005 guns all the way up, you know, to current. And um, the amount of spares you have to carry is like you know, is is phenomenal. You know, I mean, you have to carry you know an amazing amount of stuff to make sure that one guy who comes in, who's sometimes they're not even playing. You know, they 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 know we're in town. They want to come and see us and. You know, you've got to have that right O-ring or that right, you know, screw, grommet, whatever it happens to be. And there's, and there's a know. lot of them. It's not like there's just one standard O-ring on every single yeah, gun, yeah, and yeah. every single and part. We try, we, I mean, we're quite good now. You know, we try and standardize certain things. So, we, you know, so you know, the, the, all, the, all the, you know, this, this screw or this O-ring on, you know, 
two or three models are going to be the same. But it's, uh, Let me ask you this question. You know, paintball, and this is where Planet thrived, was that paintball used to be a tinkerer's dream. Yeah. You know, it was, you had an auto cocker, an auto mag, and, there were, and there's all these different customizations you can do to it, but then technology advanced so fast, so quickly, that all of a sudden you had these amazing guns that really didn't need to be worked on too much. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of gone away from the tinkerer side of things, where it's, you know, guys will, instead of be tinkers, they just, they throw the gun in the bag and they barely touch yeah. it, and then... You know, expect we, we, it to work without ever putting any oil in it or, you know, that sort of yeah, thing. So, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, we see definitely both two sides of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, me personally, um, people come up to me all the time, you know, can you tell me how to do this? How, you know, what does this do? How, I, I, I honestly have zero clue how to do anything. If you ask me to change the battery on uh, an Ego, it's a 50-50 chance of I'm taking the grip frame off on the right side. Because <laughs> it will, yeah. Hey, you know, division it, of labor, you've got your own yeah, stuff yeah, to worry yeah, about. Yeah. And that's what got Jack Wood and those yeah. other tech guys yeah, for. Yeah, you know, everyone's got their own things that they're good at. <laughs> you know, so, I, so I'm, the, I'm the guy who uses it, throws it in my bag, picks up the next time, and I mm -hmm. want it to work again. But I mean, we do have the, the you know, the, the tinkers are still out there, man. And, you know, they're, they're now, instead of, you know, uh, polishing your trigger or whatever it happened to be, yeah. they're not doing that anymore. Um, you know, they're talking about, well, milliseconds of, you know... Um, Different uh, settings on the LPRs. It's and not back, new, no new back block and bolts for no, you. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, they're talking about, you know, some sort of, you know, I, you know, PSI of... LPR, blah, I mean, I, you know, they talk to me about it and go, you know, what should my dwell be? You know, or, you know, and I'm going, I have no idea. You should just start throwing random numbers out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 17,000, bro, that's <laughs> what it needs to be. You're not at 17,000? <sighs> we'll, we'll jack and flash just flash, freak out at that point and be like, ah, that's ridiculous, and like give you... Oh, yeah, God, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, even people, I guess, I mean, my techs will have their tweets, you know, that they feel it's this is best or that's best, and we get people all the time who say, well, I have this set to this, and, and you know, people are, that's, that's their thing, it's not my thing, you know, but, you know, they, they still have the ability to do it, but, I mean... I mean, imagine, imagine getting an autococker back in the day and not changing the barrel on the thing. That would have been ridiculous. I mean, the barrels that were on them were just a piece of aluminium tube that was just, no you know, no one cared. Yeah, no Bang. one cared, they just you threw know, it on. Yeah. Know, our stuff now, you know, we, you know, the, we look at every part. So, you, you know, we want a, a customer to, to get a, you know, pay the money for the market that they, they want to choose and for it to come out of the box and for it to work and for not to need to change anything you know mm -hmm. that's that's important to us because mm -hmm. you know we don't just sell people you know stuff to you know guys in you know san diego you know there's you know we're selling it to somebody in you know in maybe alaska or in in malaysia or in, in you know india or in, in italy or you know where there's no local place for them to go and pick up you know mm -hmm. some oh i need a new barrel you know you know they might have to order that on the internet or whatever it is so we, we we always sort of gone you know this thing needs to work needs to yeah, you know good products on there and um, you know it's I mean, we, we it, the circuit board was a big thing you know a few years back everyone was changing circuit boards on markers like you know as if it was the next thing you know that you must change your well that was like the barrel yeah I mean, it was the yeah, exactly, total yeah. equipment just like you brought up the old school they say autococker when you would buy a stock cocker, the very first thing you would do, even before you do anything else, yeah. we put a real barrel on it yeah, yeah. Uh, because you couldn't have that stock, yeah. you know, thing on there. And then, uh, and it, for a while, it was definitely like that with circuit boards. Yeah. You had companies like Tadao, and I mean, there was Virtue, yeah. Red Sox Virtue got their start. You yeah, know, yeah, what I mean, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and then people were dropping two hundred plus dollars on these things. For, and I'm going, you know, I'm sort of saying to my, you know, design guys, I'm going, 
you know, why why are people putting these boards in you know in our in our guns? I don't get it. And they're going, they're just downgrading the gun. You know, and they said literally ours is you know better technology, that you know it's better made, it's we'll service it for you, we send techs all around the world that'll repair it, you know. You go and buy a you know a, a Tadao board and put it in there, you know, what's gonna happen when you fry that, you know? And you've blown two hundred dollars and you know So you're saying marketing does work, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, it does. Yeah. Did you tell me a story, and you don't have to name the company, but didn't you tell me the story the other day that somebody came, an aftermarket, a year, just a few years ago, you know, during that time period, an aftermarket uh, board company yeah. got the stock ego and actually went to Jack and Flash and were like, how how did you make this? Mm-hmm. It's insanely better than ours. They wanted to look at one of our boards because I mean, we were talking to them about something and uh that we took a board over and they said, yeah, yeah, okay, this, this is really, really nice, but this is out of your, you know, your high-end, you know, SL line. And we said, no, that's our stock board. And they were like, you know, wow, you know, this is like, it's brilliant, it's so well made. And we're going, because it has to be, you know? I mean, we don't like, you know, when we play paintball, we, you know, we, it was smashing these things into the ground, you know? Yeah. In the, you, know in the, you know, rain, sun, jumping through rivers, you know, whatever. You, you know you want to do I mean it has to be as robust as you know humanly possible and that's I mean you know I think you, you said right at the beginning is you know what was the, what's the ethos you know the ethos of, of planet mm-hmm. um, and you know there's we, as far as the markers goes you know we've said it has to be reliable and it has to be easy for these for anybody to be able to take it as, you know so the manual has to be good support has to be good but you know if they're in the middle of you know wherever they happen to be you know the woods in you know in, in um, Kuala Lumpur you know, they need to be able to get the, the, they need to play paper. Yeah. That's why they bought the thing, you know. Yeah. You know, the, you know, you know. Well, that was one of those things. I mean, back in the day, you'd buy, like, really expensive gun. If you don't know how to work on it yourself, yeah. and this is when the guns went down way more than they do now. Yeah. People think that, you know, there's issues now. You're crazy because back then it was, yeah. I mean, you needed to know how to do that because, I mean, you're lucky if the guy at the store even know how to fix an auto cartridge sometimes. But anyway, um, you're right. And, and paintball is much more worldwide now, so, yeah. Yeah. which is kind of cool. I mean, it's pretty crazy that there's, 400 teams here at the World Cup this year. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's been it's been I think a pretty good year for the game. So many different formats being played as here as well. You know, I mean, I've played UWL ten man. You know, which is you know, I mean, it's it's small, mm-hmm. but it's you know, it, I, I mean, I was I was watching today and there's all of Stranger here. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, I saw Jimmy the, Brad and I saw Jimmy walking back to the um, like as we were leaving. I just was like, what? And Brad's like, yeah, yeah, there's like eight of them, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, eight, the original lineup, you know. That's from, crazy. You know, and, yeah, you know, team, in case you guys are new to the game, Team Strange was a top-level team for years yeah. a while ago. but uh, from, from down here in Florida. Yeah, from down in Florida. And, uh, yeah, Paul Alders actually hit me up and on Facebook coming up here. He's like, oh, dude, paint boxes is awesome. Um, and uh, we're coming to play 10-man, and I'm like, that's so crazy. It's, it's, I mean, the, the World Cup is, is, is the one PSP event, I think, that you can go to and see teams from everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, we, we, I think in our heads, you know, the old, you know, World Cup's down at Old Town, we're probably, probably in my head, well, I don't know about yours, I'm going to put words in your mouth, but for me, we're better because there was, you know, 
you could go drinking and then get up at eight o'clock the next morning and play. And you know, we, it was a lot more of a party atmosphere. Well, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of guys out there that are still doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm almost positive, yeah, yeah. man. Maybe not, maybe not the top teams. No, and maybe right, even a couple right. of them. Maybe not the pro teams anymore. But uh, but I guarantee you that a good gigantic portion of the yeah. 400 teams that are here. Probably a couple of them got oh, smashed yeah, 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 last, yeah. last night. But it felt, I mean, back then, you know, there was probably, you know, maybe 80, 90, 100 teams, but it felt huge. Mm-hmm. Where this just is huge. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, you, you turn up and there's, you know, we're doing signings, you know, you know, Impact will come by for a signing and we'll have tables out. And there's like a queue of two, three hundred people waiting to just to have a poster signed. That's a line if you're from the States. You're talking sorry, about a line. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it, the amount of people that come through that are not even playing is fantastic and you know from all all walks of life and you know and, and players and teams from everywhere and it's a place to be if you want to really? you know you get involved get you know it's there man yeah it sure. feels like a festival more than a yeah. tournament you know mm-hmm. um which is which is kind of cool like like you said you know there's all the different fields also like I've, they have a little jt the Splatmaster yeah, New Kid Field. First thing, though, shot right? is it called? Yeah, the first shot. I, yeah, first, first I think that's a good thing, man. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good to get the kids in. Yeah. Because we didn't have anything like that when we were ten. Getting the kids out of the couch. Yeah. Rather than you know playing Call of Duty and you know. And, and don't get me wrong, Call of Duty's fun as hell, yeah, yeah, but I, I you can't go, like yeah. I don't. You don't want your kid to be playing it six seven hours a day because yeah. they're you know I mean <laughs> get out get outside breathe some yeah. air. Yeah. But uh, but that's how is how is the uh, grassroots paintball doing in Europe right now? I mean, because it seems pretty good over here. The affiliate leagues, like the the you know not your your national leagues like the PSP, but um, the the smaller leagues, the regional leagues, seem yeah. to be doing pretty well this year uh, here in the United States. How are things going over on in Europe? I think some are up, some are down. I mean, I think the you know the economy in Europe, some of the countries are doing really well. Germany's, for instance, is. Their economy's you know absolutely fine. They've you know they've weathered this storm really well. Mm-hmm. So I mean you know it, it, it's going really well there. France you know might be on a bit of a decline, but you know because you know if you know if, let's say you know Greece or no yeah Greece. Well, I talked to one of the Greece, yeah. uh, Greek guys, and he had said that they. I uh, was like, well, how many teams uh, do you guys have in Greece? And he, I think he said something like sixteen to twenty or something yeah. like that in the entire country. But if you've got forty percent youth unemployment, I know. I mean, how are they going to afford to you know go and play paintball? Yeah. You know, never mind eat. Yeah, you know? no, yeah. absolutely. I mean, uh, Greece is in a bad is in bad shape. Spain's right not good. Portugal's, Portugal's not, not good. good. You know? yeah. So places like that. So I mean, they're still you know the hardcore you know people sell a kidney and an eye or whatever. Or the rich guys will play, yeah, and their periphery and whoever they surround themselves will play. But you know, generally, generally good. I think there's, um, I mean, we're seeing growth in the UK on the tournament scene. You know, it's going really well. Um, You know, the the big games still seem to be pulling in. You know, pretty decent numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that you know, so it seems pretty solid. I mean, we've we've got a problem in the UK. I think with there's a lot of these um, you know Groupon style. you know, daily deal type, you know, things where mm-hmm. it's five bucks to go play paintball, you know, and it's, you know, nobody's making any money at this stuff, you know, so yeah. it's, uh, that's a worry, but I mean, it's... Uh, Do you feel like that's like one of those lost leader type things, yeah. or it's still not yeah. a good idea regardless, or I mean, what do you think? I, mean, I think it's... Kind it's of people it, in it, dick, you know, it's like, hey, here's your first hit of crack. Yeah. It's free. Yeah. It's on the house, but after this, it's going to be $20 a hit. Yeah. Is it one of those things? Do you think um, a little bit? I think I think some of the some of the companies are quite good at it. There's um, some of the ones that I know you know do a very good job where they 
you know, they explain to the customer that, you know, it might be five bucks, you know, to, to get there, but then they're going to have to buy paintballs and the average amount of paintballs they'll shoot maybe 600 for a day and that's going to end up costing you another $40 or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the good ones and some of them just don't say nothing. The guys turn up, you know, with the, with the you know, the mum with the, you know, the birthday party, you know, 14 year old kids and she, she gets her $5 out and then they have a shit day and then not going to come back at it you know and it's that's when it's i think that's, that's quite awkward then but yeah you know, it's uh some are good some are but i mean in business some there are some good people some bad people but yeah painful sure. painful i mean if we can get the young kids off their ass and out you know playing anything really but i mean paintballs I mean, we all know amazing paintball it's like cowboys and indians with guns. No, I love, I love it too. Like, you know, yeah. it's just, uh, it, it, from it, just one of those things that kind of just catches hold because it's such a simple thing, but, and, but it's super addictive. So Dan, how did you, um, end up hooking up with Leds and Planet? And cause I think you guys have been such a good creative team you, know, you came out of the Midwest and you know, worked with Ed Poorman and Warp Sports back in the day in Avalanche. When did you kind of start thinking this was something that you wanted to do as far as trying to be a storyteller? Well, we first, we first took up, hooked up with Planet. Um, Brad Mon and I, um, who've been making films together for about 12 years now, and, and Brad was, even though Leds doesn't believe it, was a key member of, a uh, founding member of Dynasty. Not true. Um, <laughs> in the early days, played for both Iron Man. <laughs> Um, I can vouch for it. I, 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 I played against him. I played with him. I, I, I was there. Brainwashed you, man. So uh, yeah, we, yeah. we uh, planned. We we did a video magazine um, in the early two thousands because that was kind of a thing. You know, uh, you'd see in the skate industry, Vans four hundred one one type thing called Jawbreaker, and Eclipse first bought spots in it. They were early. Like I remember, you know, Jacko and Leds and, and Julian being early. Um, guys that kind of got it and I think because they all came out of um, you know Jacko's got a, a, a martial arts background his his kids a fantastic snowboarder he's a ninja he is a he's ninja, a ninja. Um, lead snowboards Julian Mountains but they come from these other worlds where even 10 years ago where it was still new for paintball this stuff was not new for these other action sports which you know had been had been around longer so they were kind of receptive to what we were doing in a little bit. So, you know, they, we started by putting some com- commercials in there, and then they became a distributor for the video s- series, um, which was on DVD right about the time that people wanted to basically start lighting DVDs on fire and throwing them away. When, mm-hmm. You know, YouTube's hitting, iTunes hitting, all, all this stuff is transitioning. And I always remember, I think it was Julian first sort of poking that, like, well, one of these days... It'd be cool to have a jawbreaker just about our world. Because um, even though Eclipse was distributing it, there might be um, a, a player profile on somebody from their um, stable, but like the product feature might be like the new Bob Long Intimidator. And it might be this kind of, you know, and they were like, man, we're getting enough things going on that, you know, something solely dedicated to us. And you would kind of start to see. Um, you saw video moving, I guess the emergence of content marketing and then, um, you know, that has led to, you know, branded documentary, which are, you know, brands using documentary narratives to tell their story, um, and, and kind of as product support. And so that's how that stuff had kind of 
um, you know, it kind of morphed. And then it was in, I think, 06 was Egoman- the first Egomaniac? Something like that. We um, did the, the full-on, again, which, I mean, probably like yourself, and I know like Brad and I, I mean, this the company skate video the bones brigade we grew up on that that's like when's totally the new good. yeah the bones brigade documentary is amazing you know when's the new team when's the new team video out when's the new brand video out with the new team writers like that was just what we we grew up with but again in like 06 it was kind of it was kind of new so eclipse commissioned they were like well let's do let's do a 20 minute short which i think ended up being an hour yeah probably which is about the way that we normally <laughs> roll for you right yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it was uh we'll do a few minutes on all of our teams and then we'll put it out at the end of the year. We'll put it out on DVD and it's, it's, it's content. It's to get people excited about our brand and see our teams and our gear. And, and it was, let me see if I remember those Nexus, Bushwhackers, Excessive, Avalanche. I don't know. I think maybe that's, God, we're going, we're going back a ways, but yeah, but that's that's how it started, and then um, of course, because it still was done DVD, but it was promo. We got caught in the paintball loop. That by the time we wrapped the season and pressed it onto DVD, like you know, up was down, red was black, and so yeah, we, this we, guy was on that team, team, and now he's on this team, yeah. and then, but now now he's on this other team, and, and no one has any idea. Yeah, yeah totally. But thankfully, it was 07, so mm-hmm. it was you know iTunes was emerging and YouTube that kind of so it was like hey cool like there's this great new avenue. I mean anybody that's involved in production or was there, there used to be these huge lead times like even when your you know your project was done, you have to master it, you have to press DVDs. You have yep. to find packaging. Yep. Um, so you're talking, you know, I, I had, you know, now I hand LEDs a master to sign off on and the public can get it in a day. Well, yeah, a day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, those days it was. Once like, you jump through all the hoops of your music license and stuff. Yeah. So. And <laughs> Warner rips it off, WMG yeah. rips it off YouTube and we get it back on there. But once that's vetted, so two days. Yeah. Um, but it used to be two, three months. Some because it's got to go to the pressing plan and mm-hmm. when it's going to come packaging and yeah. yeah so so you know and I I think I, I that's been great for the paintball fan and and I think if you've been around for both eras I hope people still appreciate how quickly that you can get you know turned around content of course you know because of the internet and and well, Christ they're doing it live right. <laughs> PBA yeah, doing it live, honey. 10, 11 hours a day, three days in a row. <laughs> One more day to go. You go, where, what is this thing? Where, what is this thing <laughs> yeah. you're talking about? You have a webcast. It's 11 o'clock, so that means I'm on hour 16 or something like that. Beast, <laughs> Maddie. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, well, but that's the thing. I mean, that's honestly, that's one of the reasons where you've been able to have a webcast is because there's been this, you know, I mean, with Moore's Law and the fact that computing, the amount of computer power that you can get for $1,000 doubles every 18 months and has for the past 30 years, uh, that as it trickles down to technology as a whole, whether it be this, you know, the fact that the phone that I'm holding in my hand right now, right now has a computer in it that's more powerful than the computer that took the astronauts to the moon. And it's just unbelievable. And, you know, the, the, the device that we're recording this audio on is also pocket-sized. I mean, it's just... And very impressive. So, with all of you, the fact that we kind of figured out how to do it because we've done TV shows and kind of all that stuff, and then all of a sudden the fact that you could have the the technology was accessible and it wasn't 
you know, instead of the cameras being $30,000, they're $5,000, you know, so which is still really goddamn expensive, but it's not as much as a car, yeah. you know, so it's just, it's one of those things. And so, and I think that that is going to continue to happen. And, you know, it, it, there's a, a really a pretty awesome talk by, uh, I think his name is Kevin Roberts. He's the CEO of Satoshi and Satoshi, which is one of the biggest advertising agencies in the world. And he says that this, the future will be ruled by storytellers because the means of production for anybody to tell a story uh, is, is, I mean, look at podcasts. You know, we're doing a podcast right here. I mean, you know, before, if you wanted to record an hour and a half long of audio to make it even semi-decent so that people could listen to it, like, you had to do a lot more than just set up a really cool device and push play or push record. You know, it was a lot more complicated than that. Uh, and so as things go into the future, you know, I mean, look at, you know, the Red Bulls and, you know, the, how people are marketing things. And, and, uh, and yeah, it's... It's interesting to see the progression of these of these things, and that's why I'm excited that all these stories are starting to come out with like guys like the roster and you know the San Antonio yeah. X Factor, and also one up to one eight seven crew with what Durder's doing, and I'm looking forward to see what Cassidy does from HK with uh you know they're gonna start telling stories too soon too, and the stories I, you know resonate with people, and I mean the thing with equipment stuff is I mean it's ultimately like they're all tools, like that's the one thing I, I should probably knock on wood somewhere, but as of yet. There is an open Apple storytell, just quite, just quite, yeah. There's a lot of, mm -hmm. but, but creating like a narrative and holding somebody's interest and, and, and connecting emotionally and making them feel something and want to watch more or so, you know, I mean, we have, I mean, we have some interesting interactions. There's times like I turn in a cut and I'm like expecting, you know, cause last time Leds is like, oh, you know, I watched that intro that, you know, and Maddie's. Uh, outro at the end and I have a lump in my throat and like I'm expecting that reaction and he's like eh it was alright this time and I'm like oh we failed like, <laughs> yeah. no visceral reaction <laughs> what back to the drawing board this is bullshit <laughs> I was trying to make me cry every time you, you know? didn't shed a tear let's <laughs> fail yeah. yeah no it's yeah. I mean the problem we have with you know doing we do more we make more ETVs and you know we have ideas to you know to just plow through this but cost is it's expensive it's still really expensive yeah, i mean it's yeah. come down a lot from you know 10 15 years ago yeah. i mean what we're doing with the webcast 10 15 years ago would cost a million dollars you know and it's still incredibly expensive but not a million dollars expensive as far as like every show you know if literally every webcast we did this in 2000 would have been a million dollars um and and so but it's the same thing with what you guys are I mean, you guys are making a tv show i mean that's a that's expensive, you know? So, so expensive. I mean, yeah. we were talking about the budget and I to keep going down now, what, how much we are? And he keeps going, can I tell you, can I tell you? <laughs> can I tell you? Remember that lump, remember that lump in your throat? Yeah, I was yeah, this yeah, is like yeah. a different type of lump in my yeah. throat? Oh, yeah. You know, oh. But we, we, honestly, we, we do more, but I mean, it's, you know, you, you put, we put it up on YouTube um, and we try and put all of our content on YouTube for free at a certain time. Um, we, we, you know, we put, you know, we, we also put it up so people can, you know, pay for it, download you know, a couple of bucks a piece, and the, the amount of downloads we get is ridiculously sh small. I mean, mm -hmm. ridiculously small. And um, you know, people are like, oh, well, you should make more of these. We're going, you know, I'd love to make more of these, but he's, you know. Yeah. So you hear that out there in the, the interwebs land? Buy the roster. Spend the money. It's yeah. worth it. For Christ's sake. I mean, the story. There is stories <laughs> you want to more, tell. More. Buy it. That's yeah. the, you got to vote with your dollars these days. Yeah, you want to yeah. see more of a certain type of content? Well, then you need to be buying that content. Yeah, and it's a cool setup. I mean. We're trying to make everything we do better, like like, and that includes like 
delivery stuff. Like one of the, I'm I'm really excited about the delivery method for roster this time. Like we took we took a lot of effort. Like we we got caught in a weird loop, right? Like we first started selling downloads. A company came to us first of all for because for a long time you couldn't even get it in iTunes. iTunes would laugh at you. You still can't get it in iTunes. But something started to come up called white label downloads or companies that pro basically provide it, I mean, and this is a little beyond my nerd level, but the, the technology, so you can load it into your iTunes and it downloads You're already past it. my nerd level right now. <laughs> <laughs> you start to get sleepy, out of you? <laughs> uh, wait, I, you lost me at, um, yeah, I'm sorry. At, down, at, the, download. Yeah, at the download part. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, you can buy it direct from iTunes. So it's like, okay, cool. So we come up with this, this really cool, it, it's a really cool solution. And then, you know, the technology is always changing so a bunch of things you know flip the android platform comes out and it's important a lot of people are using it apple changes their platform and nobody docks their devices anymore well you can't get our content on your devices if you don't dock them mm -hmm. so now we're stuck again where we're like oh well for you know two hot minutes we had a really good solution for getting our stuff to people so this time around, we're doing something. Um, Vimeo's released a, released like an on-demand type thing for um, content providers like us that almost kind of works like a Netflix on the technical side. So we're doing a season pass for like ten bucks, I think it is for roster. It's device agnostic. Doesn't matter if you're on Apple, if you're on Android. Um, watch it on your laptop. Watch it on your iPad. Again, the Netflix type technology where like you pause it on your computer and then you go to your um, Vimeo account that you created on your phone and you can pick it back up right from the exact place it leaves off. It automatically goes in your, you know, if you've bought the season pass, it automatically goes in your little queue or however they refer to it, where it's like, oh, cool, there's a new episode in there. Is that a line? Yeah. A queue, a line, even a line. Oh, no. Well, you know the, what's funny is that the, you know, the Brits say queue for a line, but we're okay, Americans will be okay with talking about things like the, like in the queue for an actual line, but in the virtual world. Right. Which doesn't make any sense. We're, but we're, I don't know, it's kind of ass yeah, backwards. It's all language, us. by the way. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, it's all language. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, you I, it no, I, I understand. Kind of yeah, it's hard to argue. There is a U in color. <laughs> <laughs> Get over it. No, there is not. We, gave, not we, gave, we gave you the language like this in a book. There you go, there's the language. And you're like, okay, someone just sat there and went right. Whatever, we were yeah, yeah, sailed yeah, away from the island long ago. Crossing you know? the news. We sailed away from the island yeah, yeah, yeah. long ago. We were like, we're out of here. It's too cold here. We're going to go find some other place and steal everybody, everyone's stuff and kill everybody <laughs> and take the land over. But... uh so, but you know what's interesting though is that I, I think that we are, you know, we're having these these conversations about uh, about types of content and how it's distributed, and how it's consumed, and the thing and, and the rapid pace at which it, it changes. But I think that we're also going to very uh, very soon that, that um, we're going to hit kind of a critical mass on that sort of stuff because we already see it. People are starting to ditch the standard models of consuming uh, things that, that have been used for a hundred years. Television, radio. I mean, those are things that have. Um, really kind of gone into hyperspace now with the diffusion of media and now with you know uh, Google creating things where you can literally just plug it right into the USB port on your TV and it syncs right up with your devices and then the fact that you know even you know people that are a little older are actually getting on the Facebook you know and like, yeah. all that sort of stuff I mean and Instagram blah 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 whatever and it's it's just starting to be 
uh, kind of the way it is, which you know means we're going to become the Borg soon. But in the time between that and the machine overlords to overtake us, you know, and, uh, which I for one welcome our robot overlords, uh, but. <laughs> but it's just going to be interesting because the and the ease of use at which these machines have been designed and the interface and I think that as people come up with these creative solutions to deliver certain types of content that I think more people will start kind of flooding and at least uh, it'll be easier for them to spend that two bucks you know because imagine if you had some sort of app and it was just paintball videos you know and the cool ones came up and enough people were following it so you'd be like oh dollar there you go you know and it would kind of kind of create that channel because it's still kind of like there's a disconnect between what they want and where to get it for some kids or not necessarily kids but just for some people in general sure, sure. you know but it, it but those walls every year it gets a little bit easier um, and now another thing too is that you know before it was physical things you know I mean there's that like the the guy the editor uh, Anderson his last name's Anderson from have you ever read the long tail uh, Chris Anderson from Wired Magazine. He wrote this book called The Long Tail and how... I, I know Chris Anderson and I subscribe to Wired, but I haven't, I haven't read the piece. Well, essentially, like, there's... So he wrote two books about The Long Tail, but how, um, you know, there, there's only... There's a, a certain limited amount of space. Uh, and you can kind of see what, what um, it's like... Like it, with HK and Virtue's new goggle system and the way they're kind of all these different color combinations and, like, how you can pick the stuff. I mean, this is kind of a little representation of that because... Uh, it's not like they have all these skews sitting around, you know, that you like pick it what it, what you want. And who knows if it's going to work out, and that might not be the right example. But essentially, you know, before it was DVDs, right? Okay, well, you, it's incredibly expensive to produce. First it was VHS, and it's incredibly, those are bulky, and then it got smaller, DVDs. And then it got even more condensed Blu-rays, which is still around, but that's a physical object. You can only stock so many DVDs in this physical space, and then you have to store them and sell them. Well, the long tail is essentially how, and the reason why it's called the long tail is because if you look at it as a bar graph, so it's like, here's our number one seller, right? Here's our number two seller, and here's our number three seller, and it slowly starts to go down. Well, when you're dealing with just bits, just you know, binary code ones and zeros that live on a computer, well, that can go off into infinity, and there's this yeah. long tail of, you know, of, of content essentially, which is the model that Amazon's based on, you know, which is why somebody that writes the 155th best-selling romance novel, if she cranks out enough of those, you know, that chick's making 50 grand a year because she cranked out 100 of those things, and they may be terrible, but there's enough of a readership because now she has that long tail, and that's how Amazon has been able to become a billion-dollar company. You know, so yeah. it's just one of those things. And, and I'm interested to see, I don't know how much that's going to affect paintball, um, but these are things that do are happening in the world. They're happening right now, and they're happening very, very fast. So I think some of it, I think sometimes there's a weird um, kind of idea that somehow paintball is not engaged in what everything else is in a kind of bizarre, self-hating, passive-aggressive way. Just like the whole world is moving... I, in a certain direction on something, but but some people sometimes think that that oh, but paintball isn't going that way. I'd be like, well, well why? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, like even in the digital space, it used to be about downloads. People wanted a physical thing, and like now, I mean, in essence, cloud technologies like all over the place. So it's like, well, well, why wouldn't we apply something like that to something that's going on like for paintball? I mean, paintball certainly good enough to experience what every other. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. market or technology or sport or, or, you know, piece of art or anything is, you know, again, kind of like with the roster thing, like 
paintball teams have cool stories and how it gets built is like really interesting like these other sports have stuff like that why shouldn't paintball have things that way well i also wonder too and you know we're talking about telling stories but it, and i always tell teams and i don't know leds maybe you could speak to this because you're you know you own a company but uh people are always like well how do i get sponsored and i'm like well there's a couple ways to look at that one the first question i always ask is do you own a store or a field yeah you know? <laughs> so that's the first question i always ask and then the second thing i ask is you know well how what, what's what's your platform how are you different you know yeah. and 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 have what have you won and because you can't like you see i'm sure you get this probably all the time but hey what's up uh my name's joe schmo i play d8 and uh you know i just i love paintball so much like hook me up with some free stuff sponsor me yeah like, all the time well, yeah all yeah. the time hundreds, that that's hundreds. not how it works guys yeah. like that is not how you're not no one's ever going to give you a dime you might as well stand on the corner of the street and ask for quarters like you're going to do probably better doing that than hitting up companies and saying hey i play whatever division and i'm from oklahoma and i want you to send me some free stuff like you're not going to get any free stuff that no. way uh uh, but but the thing is is that if if I was a divisional team I would try to get my story out there because if you get some fans and get people behind you and you're successful then you can say hey look you know we created this YouTube platform and we tell these stories on a regular basis and we've got a huge platform here is you know we got 10,000 people watching our stuff on a regular basis and uh, you know would you at least consider you know, helping us out in some way, so maybe we can do more with that. You know, we can put you an ad in here. So you know what I'm saying, like yeah. something like that. There are a few. There's a few examples of that actually. That um, I was speaking to Jacko a few months back, and there was um, I was I was seeing these these YouTube channels appear, and they were like there were people that were filming their road trips and going to big games and doing this and interviewing people. So, but just you know, just doing it for pretty much themselves. And I was like, oh, who's this guy? Who's this guy? And I said to Jacko, I want to find out who this is because they're doing something above and beyond what everybody else is doing. And they, they stand out to me. You know, there's, I, I can't remember the name of the guys now. There's the guy that... Um, well, Die Sponsor's the, uh, um, the guy named Wolf. Exactly. Yeah. Wolf was one. Yeah. Wolf was one. And now and, how do you think he got that Die Sponsorship? Exactly. You know? I mean, he's a, he's a promoter, you know? And there's he's a guy called A-Train. Charismatic. And, as well. And, you know, there's... Yeah, and it's you know it's people that they're just good, make the effort. They're good for paintball, man. You know, yeah, getting yeah. the word out there in their yeah. own way, shape, and form. Yeah. But you know, you you need. I mean, uh, God, you know, you need as many tentacles out there as possible. Yeah. And I don't mean that in like a negative connotation, but you know, I mean, a, a tree is only as strong as how deep its roots go and how many of those roots it has. It was crazy. I was just on this giant backpacking trip, right? And uh, it was um, there had been a windstorm that had blown through this valley up by Devil's Post Pile, about uh, Mammoth, California. And it had knocked down like tens of thousands of trees. So on our descent, coming down from elevation, you know, we're coming down from like um, 12,000 feet, and we came through this, this valley on our way out, and all these trees had been knocked over. And it was unbelievable how deep these root systems go and how strong that wind was to push them over. And there were rocks the size of my torso, rocks that must have weighed 500 pounds stuck in roots that had been in there for hundreds of years until this wind thing came and blown out, you know? So it's like, in order for that giant sequoia to go up, it needs ridiculously strong roots. So in order for a paintball to grow and to be healthy, we've got to have as many of those as possible. And it's totally up to you to, you know, do, get, you know, I'm always, it's like, it's a perfect example. We asked this, or I think we, we were talking about this. I think we talked about this through email actually, but we were talking about, it's usually zombies. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me and Les talk about zombies a lot. 
kind of a little passion of ours, but uh, um, I was actually going to sign off with a question about it, yeah, so you beat me to yeah. it. But yeah, I mean, we all got to get up early tomorrow and do the deal. So, but uh, but the thing is, is that um, you know who's who's moving the ball forward, man. You know, and, and it's like there are these guys out there that are actually in their own way, shape, or form trying to. Hey, we went on this road trip to a big game and it was awesome. And they, and you, you know, you can cut a video with your phone now. You can get money about yeah. it if you want, whatever. But so, you know, and, and every and everyone plays a part. You know, and even if it's a small part, it doesn't matter. You're still playing a part, and it's fundamentally important. Yeah. And you are helping move the ball forward. Absolutely. So yeah. it's one of those, it's yeah. Stand out if you want sponsorship. Stand out. Be different, man. Yeah, tell just, them. Just what, be what, different. Yeah, what do people need to do to get sponsorship? Don't be a douche. <laughs> good advice yeah, yeah. good advice yeah, just be different and just you know and, and don't expect the world if you know if you, mm -hmm. like you said if you're a d8 team or whatever you know you're not gonna we're not gonna just go okay how many LV ones do you want yeah so, what well, color man we'll, we'll, we'll get a team we'll send 25 over yeah. to you right now yeah. we'll yeah. build you a compound here at the world cup next year because <laughs> you guys love the pain you love yeah. the game yeah. you know? we, we i mean we do like you said we get asked a lot and we just send these guys to um, their local store, we said, you know, go, you know, support your local store, your local field, support those guys. You, you know, you'll eventually start getting, you know, your discounts and your whatever and go play some tournaments. And we, we don't expect our teams all to win. We can't, they can't all win, you know. Yeah. Um, we expect you to sort of, you know, do the right things, promote when you can, be helpful. You know, if, it, if you've got a local field, you know, go and ref for them, go and, you know, help them, you know, on work days or whatever it happens to be. Just, just do stuff that, you know, you should do, you know, just, it's not rocket science a lot Don't of be a douche. There, yeah. <laughs> I heard it from Leds. Simple and concise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, well, thank you guys for, for sitting in with the, with me here. And, no problem. Uh, you know, I know good it's getting chat. late and you don't even really have much of a voice yet, but it, it no, held no, up no. pretty good. Yeah, that's okay. Dan was giving me tea with honey in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. thanks Dan. You're very welcome. Yeah. We, well. we, know, we manage talent a lot. On <laughs> production. We uh, anyone you'd like to thank or any shout outs or anything you're pushing that, uh, that's happening in the off season uh, that you want to you know zombie games that's, uh, that's happening I've ordered my Xbox One so I'm, <laughs> that's coming out soon isn't it I think I'll be uh, sitting at home and I'll, I'll plug into that and, you know, have you played Last of Us did you did you play no, that no it's uh, PS isn't it PS yeah I, I do I've seen it though and I know I saw it too it was funny because, like, um, you know, I do believe in energy, and uh, it's a totally different conversation. But I'm not like a, I'm not, a, you know, people are like the secrets. Like, if I just think of a Ferrari, a Ferrari was just going to appear tomorrow in my backyard. Yeah. Like that's not kind of how it works. I mean, there's some effort and work involved. Uh, but you know, you can manifest things. But it was funny because I was sitting there, and it was one of those like maybe the secret works because I saw a commercial for The Last of Us, and I was like, oh, this looks like a badass. You know, I haven't played a video game in a while. We've been super busy with BBA. I, just, I haven't even touched video games in a while. Um, other than, like, you know, whatever simple ones on your phone take two seconds to play. But, like, I haven't even played the new Call of Duty. I haven't played Grand Theft Auto. And no, I, I, love, I, I like all those games. They're badass. But, so anyway, so I saw this game last month. I'm like, oh, that looks sick. And I was like, man, maybe, maybe we need to get a PS3 for the house. And, and I was like, nah, you know. Yeah, I can't. I can't do that. I got too much to do. You know, I can't. I can't devote to a game. And I was like, it would be really good to have a PS3 right now. Maybe we, maybe we should get one. Sure enough, next day, literally the next day, who rolls in the front door with a PS3 in his hands and just gave it to us? Oliver Lang. Really? We had no. a yeah. We had a party at the house. Should have been thinking Ferrari. Man. I know. <laughs> should have been thinking of Ferrari. And blew it. God, God damn it. I'm sorry, secret. You do work. <laughs> Manifest. 
Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, is uh, have you played the game now? No, I haven't played it. <laughs> I haven't played it. I'm just shitting on Destiny. When Destiny just walked to PlayStation Three in my life, no. But it was literally like literally the next day. Oliver just rolls in. He's like, "Hey, you guys want this PlayStation 3? And We're like looking at each other like. <laughs> We were just talking about this yesterday. Oh my God! Yeah, absolutely. Leave it in the corner. <laughs> yeah, it's still there. It's still in the corner. But, uh, but yeah, so thank you guys for sitting in. Hey, no problem, man. Anytime. And uh, you know, thank you guys for sitting in the Real Deal Podcast. I'm Manny Marshall with Leds and uh, Dan from ETV and Planet Eclipse. And uh, where can they go to get the downloads for the roster? Exactly. Um, right from the Planet Eclipse site. When you go to PlanetEclipse.com, there's a digital download store, and you get to the Vimeo. Um, page through there uh, you do have to set up a Vimeo account it literally takes you about two minutes and then off you go and Mikey Bruno answer your phone yep. we want to see season three of the roster we need, we, he has Shock. to promise to like explode at some point though oh you don't he, he's not going to need to promise okay. I'm sure it's going to happen yeah, every episode yeah. 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 The, dude, the, dude did, the dude did an interview Referencing a grudge from '96, really? That yes, so with awesome. the Tauntauns. <laughs> like, yeah, when the Tauntauns like, so I've awesome. always hated the Tauntauns. I've I've held a grudge a, gr- a grudge since 1996, and it's like, <laughs> and they and the even put that in there. They're like, yeah, they hate us. And I'm like, and I'm like, I like you guys. Yeah. Like, stop. Like, it's just Mikey Rono's his own man <laughs> over there. He said like probably half of like, I mean, a 17 year old fan is like. Dude, Born in '90s. <laughs> yeah, Mike's Mike. Yeah, awesome. I'm so and if you listen to this, we'll probably get. Yeah, we all. Everybody loves Mike. You probably like. Yeah, no, I know. I haven't flown off the handle. It's like, but it's okay, man. It's just your personality. You're real intense. It's yeah, like that's yeah. just part and, of the game. No big deal. They got a big win today. I know this will probably be old, but I mean, definitely like those those kids have been working, and Mikey. Everybody's been working real hard. They got a big win today, so I mean, I'm stoked for those guys. Yeah, I'm so am I. They could have a big next year next year. We'll see. And uh, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we will literally see. We, yeah, I don't know. we will try. Yeah, we'll yeah, try. We'll make it happen. All right, so thanks, guys. Appreciate it, no and problem. thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, you know, go to the site, help us share content, man. Help us share the paintball gospel, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.